You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today's episode of Foundation Radio is brought to you by the law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. Injured in a power bomb through a table? Did a magic doctor take you on a quest to find a hammer and then disappear into the void? Call the law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe and get your free consultation today. Our attorneys are on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to handle all your legal needs. Copyright issues, personal injury, every tort case you can come up with. We'll litigate for the justice you deserve. Call today for your free consultation. 1-855-555-BOOK. That's 1-855-555-BOOK. The law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. We wrestle with justice. one 555 book 1855 book Buy one, get one subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all states. Additional fees may apply. The law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe are not actually lawyers. If you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours, please consult your doctor. Joe, just do it. Can you just do it, please? No, I'll do it. I'll Joe, do it. Joe, he's you bitching. Stop, you're you're whining. Jesus Christ. Everyone's all right, Ruth, just do, do it. it. Just do it. God damn it, Joe. Uh, as a content warning for today's episode, some topics we discuss may be uh, sensitive for certain listeners, so listen at your own discretion and be your own advocate. Joe, was that so fucking hard, dude? I'm not doing. Just do say something. Say things in a nice form. You know I don't speak like that. But you could have done it. Jesus. And write for me. I will not put. I I will not put baby in a corner. Well, you're doing it. Jesus. Joe's here again. Hi, Joe. This is the second week in a row. This Hi. is like a new record, right? Hi, Joe. I think this is a new record. Hi, and you're Joe. awake. This is great. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Ruth's here. Yes. Ruth, Dr. Ruth's here, too. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Joe and I are on the podcast at the same time. This is time yeah. ever. this yeah, is amazing. Everybody like but by zero. Everyone is almost here. We Miracles have, can happen. We have we never, five, six. We never officially introduced me as being on a part of this. I no. just sort of showed up and never yep. left. That's, that's <laughs> kind of how it happened. That's really yeah. how it happened. See, well, how yeah. it happened originally with me and Adam is I had a radio show, and then he was like, hey, can I come? And I was like, yeah. And then he just never left. That's, oh, okay. that's, so that's literally that's literally right. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to uh, to today. Jeff's got some exciting news. He's currently wearing his. Why don't you explain your uh, your your getup here? I am dressed up like my favorite political figure ever. Who's that? Uh, Gritwald Grittington, aka the first son of Philadelphia. Marvelous. Gritty. The blessed one. Uh, with my fantastic gritty hat that I got at the Flyers game. It looks fantastic, my it's friend. It's amazing. So it looks to great. paint a picture with words, it <laughs> has a giant beard to it and giant goofy eyes. It looks it's amazing. Manufacturer is Donald Trump's toupee? Uh, Probably. No, yeah. it's actually just made from It's way better quality, hair. Greg. That's good point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's pulled directly from the God himself, yeah. But we all know that through this entire cycle of pain and misery, of the most important trial of our time. True, true. Gritty. Yes, Gritty Gate. He, he mm-hmm. has been a gritted. 
It there is, was in a griddle. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. We all knew it was coming. Of course it was coming. It was I all mean, bullshit. I, I have a bit of a disappointment, though, What's which that? is that I'm fairly certain Gritty did not punch a 13-year-old, but I'm, like, sad that he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would have supported yeah. that. Yeah. I you heard know, that, like, and I was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Good job, dude. Like, he probably deserved it. Yeah. And so if it's, he, like, it's a little bit, you know, for as much as it's great to have Gritty exonerated, um... There's a little bit of there's a little bit of sorrow with that. I, I, I mean, it is it a little been, sad yeah. that he did not punch a 13 year old from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> also, you got to keep in mind that it wasn't gritty on trial or being like investigated. It was one of the people inside the See, suit. See, this is the thing right. though about all right. the news actually coverage. Could have been child abuse. All of the news coverage just never mentioned gritty. that there was a person in the suit. Yeah. It was it's just <laughs> all about gritty. It was just yeah. gritty. Like, which no. Absurd to me. Which, <laughs> the, the performer inside the suit would have hit the child. I don't know what you're talking about. Gritty is Oh, no, gritty. yeah, Gritty's real. Gritty I'm sorry, is, Gritty Jess. is real. Yeah. Gritty is real. He comes down on Sorry, on Jeff. February yeah, real, we're just 13th. speaking lies. Don't worry about February. it. I'm I know just, you're speaking lies. I'm just happy that he's been acquitted finally in that whole fucking agritted. insane... Agritted. I'm sorry. He's been agritted in that entire... Aspect shit's been done, but I got a lot of really positive feedback about your argument with Joe, Jeff, pronouns pal, that about the high life conversation because he's wrong. You're wrong. And why is yeah? Go ahead and say Dr. Ruth had had something to talk about here. I listened to the episode that I was not on, and I have a very strong opinion about this, which is also available in the archives. I I felt the need to weigh in. I am unfortunately for Joe on Jeff's side about this. Miller High Life is not good, and my my reasoning for this is that I lived for six years in rural Indiana and the beer you drink when you live in rural Indiana and you're having an illegal, well, no, illegal because there's no laws in Indiana. Yeah, you said there's no illegal. city <laughs> There's so no there's city no illegal. There's no laws like when you're drinking White Claws, right? Same yeah. Thing. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, legal uh, giant bonfire made out of floorboards in your friend's gravel driveway. You know what you drink? Hams because that's better than Miller High Life. <laughs> I never, that's not a bad argument. I love hams. Hams is delicious. I'm not going to argue with that. But it's not better than Miller it High is. Life. It no. is. It is just no. Objectively, nope. a better. Can we experience. do that on a show? Can we have a like a drink off where we Why drink not? hams and, and high life? Well, I don't want to do that to a blind myself. Taste I don't want to do that to myself. Like, please don't let I me do that. I would like please a blind don't. beer pit taste testing. If we're going to do a ball a sweat taste yeah. test, then <laughs> I will begrudgingly agree to this because. Hi, Courtney. Courtney's here. No, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it an announcement. So start back. Start. Why is it that Courtney always walks in when I start talking about ball sweat? <laughs> She's interested. So if we're gonna do a ball sweat episode, yeah, if we're gonna do a ball sweat episode, I will agree to this begrudgingly, just so that way Joe can be proven wrong about his god awful beer opinions. You're Joe, wrong. will you be willing to drink ball sweat with us on the show? Sure. Okay. He's the one that drinks ass juice. Probably drinks that dumb crafty IPA hopping oh, no, shit. Oh, I hate <laughs> IPA. What do you drink? I know Literally this. whatever is in my fridge right now, it is. So if we brought uh, Miller High Life I, to your fridge, did you just say Blue Moon? It's in my fridge right outside, now. Outside, go sit outside. <laughs> I, I'm feeling very in, insulted on all fronts because all beer is delicious, and I think we can all agree that people who drink wine that is more expensive than fifteen dollars a bottle are stupid. Well, that is stupid. that is that is I very like dumb. Wine yeah. I think we can never all pay, agree. And that. frankly, never pay fifteen dollars a bottle. Okay, Wait for that Joe. Shit to go I know, on sale like a, and then, a, a real and then buy nice, it for eight ninety nine. There's <laughs> a difference. A, a real nice, real expensive bottle of wine is a complete yeah, difference. Totally but I mean, like a twenty three dollar bottle of wine, you've just spent. I literally walk much. into a wine and spirits because I don't drink wine. My wife does. And every time I, she's like, oh, get me 
a bottle of wine. And they're like, what, can, what do you want? I'm like, I would like your $8 bottle of wine, please. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a very acceptable bottle of wine. Yeah, the Wine and Spears near me is currently having a sale on sparkling rosé for $7.99, a bottle oh, that's wow. listed at 15 and I'm like going to stock up on that. You have to, yeah. <laughs> that's it's on good, sale. That's you got to do deal. it. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll schedule our ball sweat episode coming up in the near future because I'm very excited oh, to have a, a, taste, I'm gonna, I'll a bring, taste off. I'll bring sparkling rosé to that one and just watch. Yeah, do it. Joe, you look very confounded right now what's what's going on in your mind man i think he's concerned that he's actually going to drink ball sweat during this competition <laughs> no i'm already stocking up for him <laughs> <laughs> sensitive greg over here sensitive greg speaking of sensitive joseph when did you guys switch hats it just it happened a minute ago, and yeah. He looked like he wanted to wear my hat. <laughs> Speaking of sensitive, uh, recently what's been coming back up in the news is uh, is Tropic Thunder. Do you guys oh remember that movie? God. That movie was fantastic. Do I it's remember amazing. that movie? So it's Greg, amazing. If we're going to talk about how amazing that movie years is, old. then we should be talking about it every day for the rest of our it lives. It used to be mine and Adam's lullaby in so we. So when Greg and I started rooming together in college, I brought that DVD with me. And we watched it, and it just became our thing. That it D- just, DVD and like 500 others, but we only ever watched we only, four. Yeah, <laughs> it was that, and, and I don't even remember. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby, that's oh, right. And, Talladega Nights, yeah, baby. And, and I think Anchorman. Yep, no, and, there was yeah. something else It was like before that. meme culture, right? Before yeah. memes were a thing, we had to, we had to do, entertain ourselves it was somehow. So. When did that movie come out? Which, Which one? one? Tropic, Tropic Thunder? Thunder? I want to say it was 2007 or 2008. 2008, because it was uh, Tropic uh, Thunder. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance was nominated for the Academy alongside Award. with... Uh, Heath Ledger for best supporting. So actor it was 2008. It was right. 2008. I am so old. <laughs> Tell me about oh, it. Every day I feel like that. I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old. You're not old. <laughs> Joe, I think Joe's the oldest one on the table, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, apparently there's a lot of controversy going on right now about Robert Downey Jr. portraying. Kirk Lazarus grown wait why did this face. come back up again though so that's what I can't no figure way. out because this is Twitter and Twitter so is always something to cry stupid. about yeah Twitter and is always was insane. it Megan Kelly too Megan Kelly it was it was Megan, Megan Kelly that's that? right because she, tw- she has been in trouble Same for thing, doing Joe. blackface stuff before yeah and so yeah, she tried uh, to bring up who that, Megan so Kelly? Megan Kelly is a contributor for Fox News oh yeah. She's also the person who once did, or she, she's not on Fox News anymore. She's on NBC. She was on, she was on NBC. Now she's been fired. Right? Okay. She's been on so that for a while because of the blackface. She's thing, also right. fun fact: the person who did the infamous Fox News segment yelling that Santa is white. Yes. And how dare anyone have a black Santa? <laughs> so she's a ridiculous person. So she. she is saying, I'm sorry. I'm talking. So about she on. got called out for doing actual blackface. And right. in trying to defend herself was like, well, why is everyone okay with the, what Robert Downey Jr. did in Tropic Thunder? And it's like, yeah. completely different situation, Megyn Kelly. <laughs> I have the tweet right here. So a couple of, couple weeks ago, she tweeted out, she says, Robert Downey Jr. wears blackface for Universal without regret because it, quote, sparked a necessary conversation. <laughs> Universal is like, yay, Robert. Me, never worn blackface, but had one of those, quote, necessary convos about how standards seem to have changed over time. NBC Universal says, fuck you, canceled. She didn't actually say fuck you, but she says no, that. No, and here, also so. she's misrepresenting representing entirely what she was saying like yep. <laughs> it's a really it's, it was a bad tweet and this what is was, it was interesting though is that the twitter conversation became a lot of black people being like Fuck you, Megan Kelly. Yeah, because, and we should, which is really interesting. We should it's mention that comedy. we're not, you know, no one at the table is a part of that that group. But like, it's it's reading that and watching that movie. If you watch Downey's performance in the movie and you listen to the dialogue, you listen to the way the storyline progresses, you realize that the entire premise of Kirk Lazarus's character as Sergeant Osiris is the fact that this pampered, elitist douchebag dresses up in blackface to portray a black character well, in the movie. One, it's it not makes blackface. Fun of- 
He's got a pigment, a pigment augmentation. augmentation. Yeah. Right. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. But essentially, right. he he does it to be outrageous to live the character. It's it's a, it's a complete Method satire acting. of that. It's, it's, it's a satire of Hollywood. Is it comes, it right. comes back to people not understanding satire. Exactly. Or comedy. Like, or Jeff and I went and saw uh, Jojo Rabbit the other day. Oh, so for good. For context here, Jeff and I both work at the Holocaust Museum. Okay. So Jealous. we're the only people in the theater like uproariously laughing at some of this because <laughs> I don't it was understand brilliant. How you don't laugh at it because like, it is brilliant. And it was an amazing satire. But I think some people just really, I, I don't know what, it, the misunderstanding of satire is a huge thing right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, go ahead. And it's interesting because I don't necessarily think if someone does have a problem with even the satirical use of that kind of commentary on blackface and method acting, I don't want to censor them and say they shouldn't be allowed to voice that criticism. Um, sure. But... It does, you can kind of tell to what extent someone has an understanding of context of like the art of satire and the history of blackface in Hollywood. Right. Things like The Jazz Singer, the first talking movie was literally a blackface movie. So it's it's referencing a lot of that. And if you don't understand a lot of the context of what Tropic Thunder was trying to do, maybe you're not going to get, I mean, maybe people understand that stuff and still don't really like it. And that's, that's their prerogative right they're totally totally allowed to do that that's fine but Megyn Kelly's disingenuous sort of attempt to deflect criticism off of herself by bringing this up was just kind of laughable and she's gonna bring up irrelevant blackface why didn't she bring up Ted Danson it's irrelevant thank you right I mean it's it's it doesn't even that my thing is like it's It's comedy it's the entire thing this this idea of like it's the virtue signaling where it's just like outrage to be outrageous right it's it's you're taking it on the face level oh Robert Downey Jr. did blackface but no one's looking into the context of what the story was about it's just it's it bothers even, the hell out of me and it, there's no that. there's no nuance there's no context there's no understanding of the reasons why he did that and i think that's really been lost in a lot of the conversations that have been happening well, recently and i think that it's, it's twitter is a medium really rewards people who are reactionarily that's the word i was looking for yeah um without it's it's become i think it's getting worse and worse with that website actually and yeah. i don't know if it's the algorithms or just the culture but it's 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 just a very interesting place to be nowadays because people who have sort of the hottest takes, as you say, and say the yes. most ridiculous, outrageous things tend to get the most engagement and then the site rewards them. So I think the 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 way it is set up as a social media site sort of rewards lack of nuance. Right. Uh, which is not great for public discourse. Well, because it's also... I, I dislike the term virtue signaling. I know you used it because I don't... Nec- if that's true, then people who... There are also people who vice signal. And say True. that they, oh well, no, you know, nothing matters, and how can you be so sensitive about everything? Like right. that to me, it's vice signaling. But I think um, I, maybe I'm, maybe it's the wrong f- turn of phrase. I'm just trying to find the right way to describe what I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. You know, I think that's the only thing that could come to my mind. Yeah. Well, it's just being able to recognize the disingenuousness of something like Megyn Kelly's deflection exactly. versus someone having a thoughtful and legitimate critique of something. Exactly. Um, and I think that ties me into the next thing. I know we, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk about Kobe Bryant um, and what happened recently with him and his daughter dying very violently in that 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 helicopter crash. I mean, it was really it was quite Absolute awful. tragedy. I felt I, I was already sort of in shock that like you know you hear a big name and something so sort of freak accident like that. Yeah. And then the fact that there were so many children on board just made it so much worse to be a part of like sort of public. Um, big news national morning kind of stuff and it was it was it was him and his daughter it was two of her teammates it was their parents i mean it was just a very surprising twist of fate for him and it was really sad i mean he's 41 years old he was just getting ready to launch a new company and actually a friend of the show uh solcon 
um, that probably I think maybe a day after Kobe died tweeted this and set off a total shitstorm on Twitter. I mean, this actually kind of went viral. He says, controversial take. If you think bringing up sexual assault is, quote, disrespectful when the assailant dies, how do you feel about sexual assault? Where does that rank on the scale of, quote, disrespect? Basically talking about Kobe. And yeah. I and I think that opened up a huge conversation, but it also brought a lot of hate and vitriol at him. So I kind of want to discuss this and figure out like what you know, what do you what do you take away from that when you hear something like that? When essentially the first thing people bring up when Kobe dies is and it, I think it is it would be disingenuous to not bring up the rape case when you're talking about somebody like Kobe Bryant. Right. It, it, if you don't mention it. Especially as it, see, this is the thing with me with the news outlets sort of not talking about it is I was, it's really obvious that they're choosing not to mention it because it was such a huge part of, like, unfortunately, and I know that he's a very important figure for a lot of people he's inspiring and everything, the fact that that case went the way it did is a part right. of his legacy. And that's not even necessarily his fault. Like, I... I think it's I, I sent you an article Adam and I can't remember was it in what paper it was in but it was discussing it was from like 2016 or something it was yeah I think it was in uh, Los Angeles Herald if I recall correctly yeah, yeah looking back on the fact that Kobe Bryant is one of the only people to have put out a public apology letter to the right. person accusing him and saying you know what I thought the encounter was consensual she thought differently and that is like regrettable I forget his wording about it but it looked like one of the only sort of genuine apologies I've seen about something like that from a public figure which is interesting However, the way his legal team handled that case set a really terrible precedent for high-profile sexual assault accusations in the United States. And I think it's not out of line for people to think about that and bring it up when he's in the news, even for something tragic like this. I think that's a really good point. But if we're going to bring up this whole situation of the alleged sexual assault, or whether it happened or didn't, that he did come out in front of it. And actually address it. Right. It is not at the at, at the fault at Kobe, in my opinion, if his legal team is the one that screwed this oh, up, yeah. up it's for like, everyone it's else. It's Be angry at them. It's unfortunately right. tied to him because of the way his legal team handled it. And I encourage anyone listening, I don't want to get into it because it's going to take forever, but if right. you want to look into um, the way the legal team sort of smeared that woman and, and went their tactics for it, um, it's pretty easy to Google and, and look into that. I do think the context of that also brings a lot to the table with how we need to discuss this. I think since it is something that he took the brunt of and being upfront about, I think the day after the man passes away, you can give him a little bit of a break before you bring it up again. That's just my own opinion about it. I mean, he, he, he handled was, it a lot better than everyone else. Well, certainly in better situation. than anyone in the last few years with the more high because that was back in 2003, wasn't it? That was back in 2001, actually, I yeah. think it was. And then he went to trial. And actually, so I want to make a quick correction real fast. The article that you sent me was from The Nation and we'll link it in the show notes here so you can read it. But I mean, it is. You're right. It is the only time that I can recall when a public figure who was accused of some kind of sexual assault made a public statement where he admitted, you know, yeah, I had this consensual you know, relationship with someone. But now after hearing all of these things and hearing the discovery and the testimony, I now realize that she did not view it in the same way that I did. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Most people, I mean, if you think about somebody like Louis C.K., right? Think about somebody like him when he got in trouble for all of the disgusting, perverted things that he did. He came out and basically blamed everybody but himself. Yeah. And that is typical of most uh, people who are in the limelight who do these kind of things. So I think there is something to take away from that. There is something to take away from from that Kobe apology. But I do agree with Jeff. Not where Al Franken? I do, why Al Franken? Al Franken got accused of some dumb crap that never happened. And instead of having an argument or blaming it on somebody else, he, just, he stood up and he went fine and resigned and stepped yeah. back. Well, I think like too. A, 
fucking adult. Yeah. Instead of blaming somebody else. Right. And pointing it everywhere else. He went, what's the point? Because in this world, especially in politics, one little stain is a stain for life. Unless Joe you're Biden, Donald Trump. Yes. Joe, yeah. Joe Biden touches a shoulder, you know, whispers in an ear. He's the creepy guy fucking little girls all over the place. You'll never, you can't run for president. Hillary, stain, shouldn't have run her for president. It, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it works now. Unless you're a Republican Party, you can fucking have a straight up Nazi up there and they'll suck his that's, dick. The thing is, like with the news cycle, though, is that I remember those Biden stories, but it doesn't really seem to have followed him no. the rest of the campaign trail. It was like a He's one, Teflon, man. It was like a one news cycle thing. He's that an idiot. Biden needs to sit down. Biden no, is I mean, Teflon. I'm a nice yeah. guy. I met him. Nice guy. Awesome guy in person. Awesome guy in person. He needs to sit the fuck down, step back, and let my man what? burn and somebody and, and butt plug have at it. One Jesus. thing I don't agree with what Jeff said is you need, you know, the day after the guy dies, um, you're never really going to talk about this guy ever again. This is the one chance disagree. to remember. Nobody's talking about the fact that Kirk, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas raped Natalie Wood. And oh, wait, I was talking about Wait, it. hold on. Like... <laughs> What? Like, yeah. You don't know this? This no. is basically an open secret in Hollywood. Totally. Yeah. Natalie Wood, when she was 16 what? years old, went to a casting thing alone in a room with Kirk Douglas. Violent rape. Went to the hospital yeah. afterward. Her mother yep. told her never tell anybody. She in secret told her sister. It's been an open secret that it was Kirk Holy Douglas. Nobody shit. is talking about that. Yeah. And it and I absolutely so, fully believe that the reason it's so important to talk about the Kobe situation is because he's black. But also... Oh, oh. That's, you've changed yeah, the conversation. You show, yeah. Well, the let's same, go back to that. Well, in a the second, same yeah. thing happened with Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, 103, dies, and people were like, "Justice for Natalie Wood" on social media, and people were like, "Oh, shut up! The man just died." And it's like, come on, we spent how many years not talking about this? Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> how is this not the appropriate moment? You didn't want to do it when he was 95 because oh, it would it wouldn't be face yeah. his legacy and blah blah blah. Okay, well, he's dead now, so he's no longer going to be embarrassed let's yeah. let's talk about no it. but i absolutely believe that you're you're seeing such vitriol about this with kobe bryant is because that he's an african-american that it needs to be talked about because this is something that he was accused of as an african-american the reason that kirk douglas gets a pass is absolutely because he's white and i think it's also too i think it's context i think it's the time that it happened and i'm not excusing anything i don't want this to be confused or misconstrued about anything i'm saying but i think that kirk douglas was a byproduct of his time and i think it was easier for people to push that kind of shit under the rug and ignore it because time right well because they were doing a lot of pushing that exactly exactly that's what i mean yeah back in the day you have to again context is king right you have to look at the timeline well but however i I do agree with jeff what he's saying i think and and this actually goes into a separate thing i wanted to talk about today too with snoop dogg snoop dogg has gotten himself into some shit recently about yes so he he was ragging on gail king he's ragging on oprah winfrey about comments that gail king made about kobe Bryant and the rape case and things and now he's on this tirade about freeing bill cosby and it's like wait a second guys let's hold on a second we can have a nuanced conversation about whether or not we should have these these discussions these really difficult discussions about kobe Bryant and his legacy with sexual assault but like do we really need to bring bill cosby into this i mean the guy is a he's a convicted rapist right like he admitted to it i feel like we need to leave that one alone that one can be same thing with louis ck right those two can be left alone completely they can be pushed out of the conversation they can be left alone but like Bill Cosby is not being persecuted because of I don't believe the fact that they'll Bill are you being yeah Greg sweaty over here he's taking all gritty um, I don't believe that Bill Cosby was uh, was persecuted because of the color of his skin I think that he was persecuted because of the fact that he was a a rapist a, an open I mean it was an open my mother I can well, remember my mom telling me when she worked in the city in like the 1990s Bill Cosby would go to all the temple basketball games and all the nurses would be down there she had a bunch of the nursing students that would come in and out and she would always talk about how creepy and weird Bill Cosby was well, and this is another thing that gets complicated with the Bill Cosby thing because again none of us at the table are black but if you right. follow black women on social media 
all, a lot of, if not the majority <laughs> of Bill Cosby's accusers were black women. Exactly. And you right. have now a lot of, it's an inner community thing, which is going to come up in what I want to talk about sure. later. But it gets really complicated when you are a person, so I'm as a white person, sort of looking outside of a community I'm not a part of and watching a very complicated conversation happen where you have black women very angry at or uh, saying even saying anything like Bill right. Cosby raped me or we should have this conversation about Kobe and then black men being like, how dare you and going after black women. And that becomes the kind of thing where I end up just sort of trying to follow and watch the conversation. Exactly. Because my input is not necessary on that at all, but it's a different thing going on than something that I have, you know, like perspective is different. You know? Exactly. Right. Compl- when the whole American legacy of like, falsely accusing black men of rape was how lynching happened right, so there right. is a long painful history here and it makes sense that people are reacting to things the way they are but it just ends up getting um you know lost mix. in the mix yeah. yeah so we talked about people's legacies we talked about kirk douglas and we talked about i think we someone had touched on the idea of redemption now louis ck is back on this i i, I keep harping on this guy because i just feel like he's the like he just screams creep to me like i just oh, yeah. I, he is, just makes my skin this crawl is why louis ck is why i think the thing i do about cancel culture which is my, yes. what i what my response was when you first floated it as a topic which is i don't think it exists so let me yeah let's yeah. preface this and then we'll kind of open up and talk about this but louis ck the idea of being canceled right i mean we're talking about louis ck we've talked about kevin hart we talked about Hulk Hogan, these Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. I mean, we talked about like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, Kevin I, I know that was there's a lot of second. that was literally there's a lot. Of, wait, wait, wait. Hold yeah, on. We'll come back to that in a second. Canceled. Yeah, but there's there's this idea of you know someone is canceled because of something happening in their life, right? Hulk, Hulk Hogan is canceled because he said some really racist things in a phone call. Kevin Hart is canceled because he said some homophobic things in a tweet. Um, you know, so and Louis C.K. is canceled because he masturbated in front of countless women and and held their careers down. Now Louis C.K. is back on the circuit, on the comedic circuit, and he's starting to get shows. He just sold out, I think, two shows in Philadelphia. I have no interest in ever seeing the man or supporting anything he does. But the idea of being canceled and stopping this man from continuing to make his living, like, what's what's the point where you say, you know, what's the intersectional part of that where it's like you acknowledge the fact that this guy's a creep, but you also are like, well, can he continue to perform? And, you know, well, like, the, what's and this the... this is where I get to, I don't think cancel culture is real because I think we conflate a lot of the time criticism with censorship. True. Because right. criticizing Louis C.K. and saying what he did was really messed up and be- it was, I mean, it's assault. Like, that is... That's assault. Big yeah, time, yeah, it is real, real bad, but his career's doing fine. Uh, Harvey Weinstein went to a comedy club in New York a few weeks ago and they threw out the women who complained. That doesn't like, make any sense to me. I, 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 and, and I've talked about this with Jeff a little bit and on the car ride over. I can only think of a couple people who I think have been effectively canceled and have their careers ruined because of something they chose to do. And one is Colin Kaepernick. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, who was canceled by the NFL for bullshit. protesting Total police bullshit. brutality and choosing to kneel during the national anthem. He, his career is over. Yeah, effectively over, yeah. And that's a power thing. Yeah, oh, he, absolutely. He, uh, uh, his action, his direct action, pissed off people in a position of power over him, and so he has no career. And the other is the Dixie Chicks. Yes. Who criticized about George that. Bush during the Iraq War, and yep. it basically have oh, not yeah. been a part of country music yeah. since. They I would add Kevin Spacey that. to the list now. Yeah, I would. Well, no, Kevin well, Spacey I, legitimately was a creepy. Well, and fuck. He's, so he was, but no, he so wait, he still is. Rehabilitated yeah. his career because he's continued to be creepy since yeah. being canceled. Now, Joe said something here. So you have my, direct knowledge of my, this. Yeah. So my uncle's a director. Okay. Turn it off. My uncle's a director. It is turned up. Damn it. Start no, again. It's not. So anyway. Michael's a director, uh, and he got his son a job as a grip okay. on House of Cards. 
And my uncle directed a couple of shows. His brother-in-law is Barry Levinson, who's done like Wacky oh, no Dog shit. Diner. Yeah, it's my uncle Barry. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so his son gets a job doing house of cards as a grip, key grip. He quit. My uncle flipped out. Why did you quit? I got you this great job. Why would you quit? You know, you went into this business. You're in Hollywood. Why yeah. Why you do yeah. this? He was like, because Kevin Spacey was forcibly telling me to drive him home. And he goes, and then I heard rumors about other grips before me and heard stories. And my uncle's like, that's ridiculous. Like two weeks later, boom, all the over the TV. Came out. Yep. Yeah. Oh I mean, in that, yeah. But in that he tried situation. He tried to rape my, he wanted my cousin. Man. I mean, my cousin's a good looking dude. Oh, man. That's really good looking That's hard. I'm sorry that your cousin went through that, man. <laughs> that's, that's difficult. But yeah. With, with that situation, it's interesting, too, because until a lot more people started speaking up about Kevin Spacey, the first person who actually came out and said, no, he tried to force himself on me when I was a young man, Anthony Rapp, got yes. so much shit for it. Yes. And I think it's because Anthony Rapp is an out gay man. So it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to have sex? Because you're a gay man and they're hypersexual and all that right. nonsense. Yeah. Um, but he, he had to leave social media for a while until everyone got on his side about it and right. en- enough people came forward and everyone canceled Kevin Spacey. So I, I, I always I always am dumbfounded when like, oh, you're gay. Why would you just like, you know, suck the dick? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not I'm how gay. I just walk through the bathroom and just give me all the cack split, <laughs> boys. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's not that was how a stunning visual works, right? Yes. You're gay. Do you just like stare at your own butt all day? <laughs> Look at my balls. I wish I, I could reach out my not, mouth. You would not believe the number of people who ask me if I get distracted by my own breasts. Seriously? They're like, oh, what? isn't it great that you can just look at boobs all the time? I'm like, well, they're mine. It so doesn't It doesn't work like it's that. It's not yeah. really titillating. Uh, <laughs> I, I see what you did. But ah, that was good, Dr. Ruth. That's our sound clip. Let's wrap it up, guys. Now, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you... I know... It's the name of the show. I'm not really titillating. <laughs> no. I get distracted Perfect. by my own penis. I, well, I mean, it is prehistoric in size. Now, Jeff, you were talking about Kevin Spacey, so you you believe that he has been effectively canceled now. I do. I definitely. I feel. I feel that the major three are Colin Kaepernick. The major three are Colin Kaepernick, the Dixie Chicks, and Kevin Spacey. But I, is Kevin Spacey effectively canceled because his sexual predation was against men? No, against a child. Well, also that. Like, people hate pedophiles. Men? But I no, think that he apologized for I don't being know gay. That. Remember that point, oh, too? And man. people were like, no, you're the, wrong. Oh, my God, That's yeah. You, you wouldn't believe... It's because it's a the, kid. You, I have yeah. to give you guys the inner gay community perspective on this when he was sure. like, oh, I'm going to now come out. And we're all like, please don't. Like, don't, don't you, you dare yeah. don't, use yeah, you, your shared identity. Yeah. Okay, maybe you're attracted to men, but don't you dare use your shared identity with this uh, with us to try and weasel out of this. Exactly. Like, oh, because I'm living as a gay man now. Yeah, fuck you, dude. does not excuse you from being a predator. Not how this works does not mean it's yeah yeah no. that's not it's okay the same thing like everybody goes michael jackson king of pop no he stopped being uh, a king of pop the moment he started touching little boys booty holes that is a thing that kevin or um yeah kevin hart jesus christ michael jackson that's an i don't listen to his music anymore neither do i i can't so i can't I, stand him th- he so let's preface this by saying michael jackson was never found guilty in the in a court of law he was he was yeah. tried twice for his his Billions legal issues can get you away with a lot of stuff however he did admit there are, to giving wine to children. There are a lot of inconsistencies in his story. In his stories, and alone. also, also too, the other thing too is that his behavior is textbook classic grooming pedophile, pedophile. behavior. And it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if you touch him or not. What are you doing in bed as an adult with other people's children? That's a question. What the fuck are you even doing? Even just sleeping. It's the That's same weird. Thing with, it, That's with, weird. It's the same thing with the Penn State thing. Sandusky. Sandusky. Like, dude, all right, you didn't fuck him. 
But what are you doing naked in the shower well, actually, with other people's this, children? This is yeah. a thing I think. It's not I, right. You're a pedophile. This is, this is a thing I think I end up having a major disagreement with a lot of the people who live in Pennsylvania about, which is that I Penn can, State, can't. Yeah. Ha- I can't. Stand I fucking Penn hate State. Penn State, no. and I can't stand their like, graduates. Oh, either. And there's so many people because I grew up out in uh, Lancaster, and there's so many people I know from high school there on social media stuff. They're still like, "Oh, go Penn State," and they're all supporting and getting all the gear. Like, how can you do that? I don't. How can you support this? They hid that thing for years. I mean, that's the point about Joe Paterno. I mean, there there was all that. He's an asshole. Over the people, the people who were going back and forth between Joe Paterno and saying, "Oh, well, he knew about it," and "Oh, we should still respect him," and like they took, did they take down the statue at the end? They of the did, day? yeah. yeah. So, there was all these protests about them taking down the statue, but and it's he like, knew why? about it. Wait, <laughs> he knew about it. Joe Paterno had. There's no way Joe Paterno didn't know about this. There's absolutely no way. The way the, the they the, all knew about the it. stranglehold He's that guy has the on the Penn State well, yeah, area. No way. Of exactly. course, he knew it because he died like three months after all this shit came out from a heart attack. Right. From the stress he knew it and well, he knew sure. it was going to weigh down on him like, and that's when people it. were like oh and they they suspended the team from taking place in tournament play for two years which by the way was not enough and no. there's all this no. stuff about like well that's so unfair to the players I'm like no it's not shut down the whole program I'm yeah, sorry I like, agree that is stained forever forever yeah you have to basically reboot it now I, I can't even imagine being one of the survivors of that and then seeing people Arguing like a that. Penn State logo on somebody's like, bumper. Yeah, like, or, or, yeah that's every day. Not that. even that, but like, you know, having to see all the news and, and people arguing about like, oh, well, but does this really make you want to, does this, is this really bad enough to tarnish the whole reputation of the program? Yes, just it is. Imagine, yes. I know, I'm just imagining being someone who survived that and seeing that. Yeah, like, I agree. Saying, also, horrible. try to bring bring that, any of that up to any uh, Penn State alone. Oh, oh yeah. my god, dude. They are, Listen, bro. Just shut yeah. up, man. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Really bend over. Drop trow. I'm going to show you how big of a deal it is with uh, a fucking you, this, spoon. This guy fucking raped kids. Yeah. And he got, a, I mean, essentially got away with it for years and it was covered up because it was known inside of their community. And you're going to sit there and tell me that it's not a big, like, fuck well, you, we man. Should not fuck get, you. We should not get into a conversation right. about this because yeah. it would be all day, but yeah. like the Catholic Church. Oh, um, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> That's a big one, yeah. We need, we need to not so let's, actually talk let's about transition it. <laughs> into, let's transition into Kevin Hart because I know Kevin Hart was kind of a hot topic. Why? In group about so he's a massive homophobe. S- several years ago, he tweeted a bunch of pretty homophobic oh, yeah. things. And I mean, and there was some there was some controversy about the way he apologized. And Dr. Ruth can probably explain this a little bit better than I can. But there was controversy about the way he apologized. And then it became an even bigger issue because of that. So what was yeah. the and, you know, from the intercommunity so again, perspective, this gets complicated even in intercommunity because there is a lot of racism in the gay community. And so this idea that black people are inherently more homophobic is kind of a racist perspective. Sure. And. So there's, I read a really great article, I think it was on Vox. I can't remember the name of the of the author. He was a, a gay black man talking about, I'm going to find it so you can put it in the Sure, yeah, too. we'll put it in the show um, notes. Talking about how complicated it was for him to see the Kevin Hart stuff. Because what Kevin Hart said was undeniably homophobic. Right. His apology was a non-apology. Um, and, but then it gets weird because you don't want to see a successful black man get shut down. So... Uh, and you know Kevin Hart came up again recently because he was on some radio interview with Lil Nas and uh, right. said something really homophobic to him during Did that he interview. Really? Yeah. So like, obviously lessons have not been learned. But the problem is as well it's it's not just that Kevin Hart said something homophobic. It's what he said and how bad it was because he was essentially threatening violence on what the, the joke was something like if my son was gay I'd like. Oh yeah, I, choke him out or I something. Yeah, it was, it was violent, and yeah. it's like that's 
I'm not saying like I'm I'm not the kind of person who would say you can never make jokes about gay people. Gay people make jokes about ourselves all the time. They're very funny. I make lesbian U-Haul jokes. They're great. Wait, but what? uh so this joke about lesbians always moving too fast and uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, instantly getting into really serious relationships with each other. So what you're doing is U-Hauling, which is that you've moved oh into each, you and each other a week into dating. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really funny joke, right? It's an inner community joke. Lesbians make it about ourselves to each other. Right, it's it's innocuous because but if it's not. Joe were to make it to you, I would, it would be in trouble. I have the balls to even say yeah. shit like that. I've if you did friends, have, I know my boundaries. If you did have I, the cojones, I think it depends on what kind of relationship you have with another person. If I it's have plenty yeah. of gay right? friends, and I would but, never make. I, this I have a funny ever. story about uh, jokes or terms within the gay community that uh, I, I did. If you want to hear that, real quick, Ruth. Okay. Okay. So. Um, oh boy. Uh, I'm not going to use names or people. I I know a person. They got married, and uh, the term for a lesbian when they have never been with another man. Oh, uh, gold star. Yes, yeah. I've never heard that before <laughs> until <laughs> this Wait. point that, in my life. That's a very controversial term within the community, yes, which I can it is. explain. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> and so because it's like it's more holier than thou, and yeah, and it's also and, weirdly yeah. transphobic too. But that's yes. a whole other yeah. But gold so star. interesting. So I said to my friend like. Oh, you're you're going to see your two gold stars, and she was like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> I was like, "What? You said that they were gold stars," and she was like, "You don't get to say that." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. "Why not?" So Why wait, not? I have a good one too. Yeah, Go ahead. I was, I'm just oh, I'm just curious about something, Ruth. We've been whoops. friends for a long time, and this U-Haul thing has just like totally changed my mind. <laughs> Would you be opposed? To I'm putting it out there in the universe do now, it. which do means it. it's going to happen. Me parking a U-Haul out in front of your apartment. <laughs> well, oh every God. other Thursday. I mean, feel free to spend the money on that. Yeah, I don't if know. You want to like, it. It's twenty bucks a day. I, yeah. Again, with jokes like this, I think it's really important to understand your relationship to another person, right. how they might respond to a yeah. joke like that. Are they open to those kind of jokes being made? Uh, people might accept them like from another gay person more readily than they would you as a gay person like you gotta context is key also exactly. and your relationship one with other thing um, but I can tell that joke and not, it's hilarious not gonna blame anybody <laughs> on this but just so people are aware make sure people outside of the community know if they can't say the term or joke that's all I have to say about that just say like hey there's this yeah. term you poor, can't say it poor but Greg. there's this term I mean that's kind of like I had a I had a customer Andy who I loved to death. Like, and we called it, his nickname was Andy Candy. He was just the sweetest, sweetest dude. <laughs> Flamboyantly gay, like just lovely guy. But this, this one day I was bartending and this big jock, like, you know, frat bro comes in. Oh, like, no. We the boys are hanging out tonight. I need three Coors Lights and three Dirty Girl Scout shots. And Andy's standing there and he's got these sparkly shorts on. And he looks over and he goes, I just remember just like jaw like to the floor was just like oh but oh, see, again, that also, that's king. That that's amazing. Also, that also right. is a word you really shouldn't use unless you're Andy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, that is yes. his word to use. I looked at Andy and I went. Thank you. He goes, well, Joe, I know you were thinking it. I mean, that reminds me. That's, I mean, but that is a great, that's a, that's a funny, like what Dr. Root said, that's a funny story, yeah. context, Have someone it. in the community saying it. You're if somebody like it. me would say that, that would be a huge, which I would never say that, but that's a, that would be a huge problem, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that reminds me of a story of there's the local bar that I go to, shout out to Berkson. Um, and I'm the one Jewish person that goes there. And the bartender, as well as my friends who go there pretty frequently, uh, they all know what they can and can't say. And there's my mon- my one buddy who, on 
multiple occasions because I just never called him out at it, and I know there's nothing malicious. Calls me a Ooh. a lot. Oh, dude, and, that's a smacking. Yeah, he, but I, I but it's the kind of thing of all right. I never called this out. He doesn't mean anything malicious. I'm like, you get three a day. If you go beyond three, then you're gonna get smacked. <laughs> See, if oh. I were you, I would have punched him the first time. Wait, yeah. So. Yeah. This, this is where it gets interesting. So there are new friends that we're making at the bar, and he says it like once. I'm like, all right, enough. And then a stranger's like, oh, could I get a drink for the c-? and the oh. bartender and my friend both punch him in the face. Wow. And he's like, what's the big deal? He just called you that. And I'm like, they can call me that. I was just going to say that. You cannot. They, they have written express permission from the NFL and you don't. I think there is a big cosm of people or, or whatever you want to call it. There's a segment of people who do these things on Twitter where they start telling people from those communities what is acceptable and what is not. What and is like Dr. community Root, stuff too. And like, like, yeah. like everyone's kind of saying, it's 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 up to you as the individual to, to decide what you're willing to not just tolerate, but like if there's someone who's close to you and they're making these comments, like like Jeff's example and your example, it's like what are you what are you going to tolerate? What are you personally able to accept? from someone that's inside of your close circle. But I think it's I think it's really unfair for someone who's outside of the community to be like, oh, you shouldn't say that to somebody because it's wrong and miss the context of whatever now, they're I saying, right? I have a right? genuine question for you, Ruth, because mm-hmm. this is something that I'm consistently experiencing, which is uh, non-Jews telling Jews what is and isn't anti-Semitism oh, and not listening. Is <laughs> is this a com- is this commonplace in the LGBT and queer community of being told what is and isn't um, you know, in the Homophobic. I think it's different in the queer community because you get how am I, how am I going to phrase this? <laughs> you get young elitist. It's, it's, a, it's a generational divide, but it also isn't. There's currently a big community argument over the word queer, and there's a lot going on with why the argument is happening. And I don't necessarily think I have time to get into all of it, but essentially, there's one side that's well, queer was a slur, so how dare you reclaim it or call us that as a community umbrella? And there's other people saying, well, every word that's been used to describe gay people is used as a slur. Queer has been used academically to describe the entire community since the late 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have definitely reclaimed that term. And queer allows for inclusion of various different trans and non-binary identities under our umbrella without using a million letters that take forever to say. And and queer also includes bisexual and asexual people. Uh, because it's just basically anyone who isn't heteronormative. Um, and so a lot, my opinion on it and my perspective is that a lot of the anti-queer rhetoric is coming from older trans-exclusionary radical feminist TERFs uh, who hate trans Thank people. you for explaining that term because I did not know what that meant yes. online. Thank so you. So T-E-R-F, TERF, trans-exclusionary radical feminist, yeah. um, who some of them are lesbians are, I think, targeting younger uh, baby gays, as we call them, who have just come out um, with a lot of rhetoric saying never say queer in a very transphobic and biphobic way. Because queer allows for trans people and bi people to also be under sort of our community umbrella. And if you keep insisting that you can't use that, it it's really, exclu- it's gatekeeping, it's, it's exclusionary. Got it. Question. Yeah. Uh, terms turf and baby gay. Yes. Can heteronormative people use that? Definitely in your use opinion? turf and call it out where you see it. Sure, because uh, cool. they're assholes. Tra- they're assholes. Yeah. They're yeah. transphobic assholes. Um, but do they take offense to it? I, 
Because oh, they, then, they then will. The uh, turfs will say turf is a slur. They're wrong. Uh, ignore them. Well, okay. a Nazi will be upset when you call them a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. my yeah. point. If they don't like it, I'm uh, going to use it. Yeah, yeah definitely that's, use That's why turf. I'm asking about um, that. But baby, but baby gay, gay. A baby gay well, I don't know what context you would use that in. That's kind of a community term. So maybe don't use if that like, one. If uh, somebody's, I'm not saying me or anybody, if somebody's like nephew had just come out, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a baby gay. Uh, it would it would sound weird coming from you. Yeah, it would be weird. But I'm curious. I would be cautious, though, and for our listeners who maybe are wondering and don't know be cautious with the word queer because everyone has a kind of different relationship with it if you see gay people talking about the queer community don't tell them that that word is homophobic because we do get that sometimes and it's like no no i self-identify as queer so also i'm allowed to say that (laughs) tie two points together louis ck had a very nice quote uh, you don't get to decide if somebody else is offended by something that you said. It's amazing that that came from him. I know. Isn't it? It's amazing. It's, it's <laughs> mind-boggling. It's so... I you just, don't get to decide if somebody else is offended by your words. And that, then you jerked off in front of four women. Can we talk about a different <laughs> piece hell? of shit? Like, Seriously, I'm getting I, bored of Louis C.K. Well, let's let's cancel him. Let's talk about... Let's, so Louis C.K. is officially canceled. So let's talk about a really relevant. hot topic, Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. Jeff has a <laughs> Lethal Weapon Six. Jeff, Jeff's got a really. my boy Mel? Jeff's got a. Jeff's got that tackle, uh, man. I love Mel it. Gibson. My complicated relationship with that giant piece of shit. So, Wait, is it complicated because you fucking like him? I mean, yeah. Lethal yeah. Weapon's a fucking great yeah. movie. Braveheart is and a great Brave, movie. Well, Braveheart yeah. is an entertaining movie. Braveheart it's a shitty terrible. movie yes. for a historical perspective. Yes. Yes. So and let's say so this. Yeah. This is going to be. It's, yes. it's none of that. Act, like. It's all different. The timeline is it's just so, been mushed so together. Yes. Kind of it's like gangs in New York. It's just Hollywood. That's it. It's mushed together. But here's a great thing. This is what this is going to be a great topic to kind of lean <laughs> oh on and, and to, to close out with is how how can you as someone in the Jewish community fix or live with the fact that Mel Gibson is, has said very anti-Semitic think- things? How can you separate the art? From the artist so in a in a tangible way, right? A psycho, right? That's what I'm saying. But but gone. Lethal Weapon, I love those movies, right? Like they're they're great. Guys, so go ahead. Raging anti-Semite, though. That's what I mean, right? So go ahead, Jeff. How do you so, do it? I mean, my biggest issue with the whole entire situation is that nobody made that big of a deal about him being anti-Semitic, especially through this entire campaign with the passion. But all of a sudden, he's nuts when he was verbally abusing his, what, his daughter. His daughter. daughter and, and, right. and, and I hope yeah. that you get raped by a pack of N-words. Like, right. That's when he went off the deep end. But when he's like, no, no, no. I mean, the Holocaust may or may not have happened. And my depiction of Jewish people in my movie was artistic. And true, it's like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. But <laughs> no, tell me, how do you really feel? Pal? I mean, I will I gotta, not actively see a new movie that Mel Gibson has produced or been in, but it's not going to stop me from watching Lethal Weapon every Christmas. But ta- talk about cancel culture not existing. I feel like every couple years there's some new reason to cancel Mel Gibson, and he yeah. just keeps working. I got <laughs> one question for the, yeah, yeah, for the I mean, artistic portrayal of the Jewish people in Passion of the Christ. Uh, were they Jewish? Did they agree to be portrayed like that? I bet they weren't, and if they were, they wouldn't. I don't know. It's also very Jewish of them. It's like, hey, it's it's money. I'll do whatever that's, you tell me to do. That's also true. Yeah, money's <laughs> money. <laughs> so God. I think it's I think it's amazing that Hollywood, one of his money's money. <laughs> one of his biggest defenders to tie this kind of back to the beginning of the episode is Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is a staunch defender of Mel Gibson and him coming back into into Hollywood uh, that's so because weird. Mel Gibson was the person who put up the money for Downey to be 
uh, insured when he made Air America, gave him his first job when he came out of rehab, and continued to support him. Well, he just has a biased opinion. It's not that so, he agrees or disagrees with sure. what he, well, he probably disagrees I, with what he said. I, probably is, it biased because, right. is it biased because there's a lot that goes in with the whole Mel Gibson thing? Yes, his opinions are shitty, and he's kind of a shitty right. person, but he's also a raging alcoholic, That's and you have thing, an individual yeah. who's had substance abuse problems for almost his entire career until he has his revival. I can understand why Robert Downey Jr. is like, you know what? He also has this problem. He might not be there yet, but, but he's, he's, yeah. he, he, he identifies that this is a problem. And it's hard. I, I don't think that it's a situation of like, yeah, I agree with his opinions. Like, I'm pretty sure Robert Downey Jr. is like, yeah, you know what? Jewish people are cool. And that was kind of shitty. And I yeah. definitely wouldn't hope anyone to be ra- raped by a pack of N-words. But sure. But the, the this man is needs it help. Comes back to, though, with like how nuts the Internet can get about this stuff, though, because, OK, that's disagree or, or agree or disagree with whether or not that's appropriate opinion for Robert Downey Jr. to have. We just had a kind of more nuanced conversation about it, and that's not possible on Twitter. Yes. And so that's a, an issue. But I also think that people expressing um, criticism on Twitter is often conflated as, oh, it's just cancel culture. It's not a big deal. Right. Like, there is that novel that came out recently written by a white lady basically writing stereotypes of Mexican people, American Dirt, and a bunch of uh, uh, Latinx people in publishing were like, what the fuck is this? Right. You're a, like, it's not even that it's appropriative. It's just bad. It's not a good uh, uh, portrayal of anything to do with what you're trying to write. And why is it getting all this attention being pushed so hard by the publisher? Right. We're kind of we're going to question that and criticize the novel. And then it got flipped into angry mob of cancel culture, hounding this author. And like, there's going to be security at her events because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nobody was threatening violence. They were just being critical of something. And now this book is like number three on some bestseller list. And so like, clearly it didn't actually get canceled. Right. You know, right. like, and it's just, it, it, I think that for as much as um, we can be, critical of people having unnuanced takes about stuff there is also an element of this where people throw the label cancel culture on any kind of criticism to shut correct. it down correct and i love the point that you make and, and then jeff you can hop in here but i love the point that you make that people confuse what was it you, they confuse Fused criticism with censorship and i love that because yeah. i think that really does that for me that's that's what encapsulates this idea of cancel culture and and how quick i think it's another reason why social media i feel like is like the bane of of human existence right because we have been trained essentially for over the past 10 15 years to to summarize really complex contextual conversations and nuanced things into very short blips of information. So by the time you're able to get your information out, somebody else has got three other points. It's just, it's madness, right? I think, Humans, by and large, have forgotten how to have a conversation and forgotten how to have, like we talked about in our group chat, difficult conversations, nuanced conversations about something like Kobe Bryant and the sexual assault you know, uh, 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 sexual assault accusation. Thank you. I think it's really difficult for people to have something like that and not become reactionary because we are so trained by these these platforms. Know when your opinion is not needed on something. Yes. Like with the American dirt conversation, I definitely had an opinion. I never tweeted about it. I retweeted stuff being said by Latinx authors. Correct. Because, and, and they didn't all agree with each other. And you're amplifying but, those voices. Yeah, right. They, what they have to say about that situation is kind of more important than what I think. <laughs> Agreed. I am going to bring it back to his brand. Mel Gibson keeps on coming back in, <laughs> in all these conversations. The one thing that always boggled my mind, especially from the Jewish community with the cancel culture surrounding him, is that he was immediately dropped. In inside the community, like no, nobody would ever watch anything Mel Gibson. They wouldn't pay for it. Right. And I'm like, well, you're still driving a Mercedes or a Ford, and, or, and, and, or you're, a ma- and you're making yeah, you're making a big deal. 
Jewish people want to drive a Mercedes, let's be real. <laughs> um, but And you're making a big deal about Mel Gibson, but you're driving a Mercedes. Oh, well, you know, Adolf Hitler's not getting that money anymore. Well, well Mel Gibson's not getting money every time I watch Lethal Weapon. If you really want to effectively cancel him, don't go see his new movies and don't watch anything he's directed. Yeah. He's not an executive producer on any of those. He's not making any money. He got paid already. So enjoy what you enjoy, even though he can be a piece of shit. Yeah. Good point. Do you know who I would like to see beat up Mel Gibson? Is Bill Goldberg. Oh, my God. I love that. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Bill Goldberg, who's actually going to be fighting the fiend Bray Wyatt at Super Showdown. I'm not really sure how I feel about these Saudi Arabia shows. You don't watch them? No, what? The Saudi Arabian shows? No. Now I I, 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 just, I, just, I have to go with Mel Gibson for the win against Mel Goldberg. <laughs> you think Mel Gibson would take Goldberg? It's from my I'm Mad Max, dude. Uh, yeah, I guess I could. Bill do. fucking Goldberg? I don't, I don't know. care okay, about sorry. wrestling. This is, to me, that's it's fair. A, this is going to be a controversial opinion, but Mel Gibson isn't even in the bed, best Mad Max movie, which is Fury Road. Ooh. I mean... Joe has something to say about that. Go ahead, Joe. Let, let I, I prefaced it saying I knew it would be a controversial opinion. That is, would that be considered a hot take? Yes. Uh, Joe, Fury Joe, Road was awesome. It was great. It was good. No. But it's not the best. What's <laughs> it's the, not what's, fucking Mad Max. It's not the original. No. Wow, he's really rattled first, by this. It's all about, you're not, it, first off, Road Warrior is objectively better than the first Mad Max. Thank you. And, and, but it's all those. Like Those were made for the fact of motorcycle and car-loving Fucking idiots. No, they were made to bring light to the fact that yes. George Miller was uh, he was an ambulance driver yeah. and a paramedic, and he was constantly seeing all these wrecks. All these wrecks. And, he, dudes, and his, his artistic vision was, I will show this in a post-apocalyptic, crazy way. I love telling people that he also directed uh, the movie about the sheep herding pig, because oh, everyone yeah. always forgets that. He also directed Happy Feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still I like... I think that was wait, him anyway. I could I, be wrong about that. The originals are the best. What I'm sorry. Cute, They're so cheesy director. and shitty. What? They're what so a cute good. director. Yeah. They're so good, all of them. All the Mad Max all movies. Mad Max is even the amazing. shitty Beyond Thunderdome is good, but uh, Bill Goldberg would win. Bill Goldberg. I think Bill Goldberg. Uh, would. Yeah, the Saudi Arabia thing. Uh, their whole oh, stupid matches not, are not direct, babe. It was Happy Feet. Uh, it, it, yeah, Saudi Arabia. It's nice that they want to get you know, yeah. updated into the modern world, but uh, they're doing all the wrong things. They it, they just want just all hard, the nice yeah. niceties and the entertainment, and oh, women can drive now. But we're gonna murder journalists. Also, the women yeah. who campaigned uh, for the right to drive are still imprisoned and probably being tortured. Yeah, so and that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, I just—I mean, I know my dollars don't exactly go to like directly to the, the government of Saudi Arabia from watching a Super Showdown or a you know Greatest Royal Rumble, but I feel very. So I know, like Daniel Bryan will go to the shows. John Cena has refused to go to the shows, and after the most recent trip, um, there's a lot of wrestlers that won't. They just refused to go. There was some issue with them being stuck on a plane for like 16 or 17 hours. They miss a lot of them missed the the following nights, either Raw or SmackDown. So they had to improvise. It was a big fucking deal. And yeah. I, I don't know how I would. I, it's because I do want to see the match. Right. Like I want to see Goldberg fight the Fiend because it's a crazy dream. James match, right? wants I mean, to see the match. James is so hyped about it. But I don't. Can I support watching that and you know i, I don't and know can you I find mean, a way to watch it where you won't pay for it because oh, that's yeah. how to that's how i get then watch it yeah watch it if you don't have to pay for Mel gibson movies i feel like that i feel like the fiend is gonna win i i have a feeling like it's gonna be it's gonna no way. elevate his character but i also i kind of want to see goldberg. goldberg i kind of want to see goldberg crush the fiend i don't know james is fully team fiend on this one i know that's gonna really upset goldberg but he's fully fully goldberg, on team stop, fiend. It, we're gonna pu- 
post in the link about this when Bill Goldberg should stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> when he should turn it off. When he shouldn't turn it off is when you come back from... Uh, what is it? You're going to the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I'm going on vacation. Yeah, I'm going, going to Galaxy's Edge uh, that's it. next week. So is Gritty going? Uh, Gritty will probably not be going. It's a that's little fair. too hot in Florida for Gritty. Yeah. But yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, even though I was kind of told uh, this was a vacation that was happening. Right. Uh, you know, the preface to this was at Christmas. My mother-in-law promised my wife's niece that, oh, we're going for her birthday to Disney World. So we had no way of backing out after telling a small child that. <laughs> and I only agreed to this. I'm like, you know what? Galaxy's Edge is open. I'm going to go. I'm making it my point to build my own lightsaber. I'll oh, be doing gosh, some recording so of all the clips and reactions. Please, yeah. bring Record as as much nerdy excitement as you have going into these different places. Please just make more I, voice I'm memos very, and send I'm very much excited about it and I, I at work Ruth was with me when I had a crisis <laughs> that I found out that they have Jedi robes for sale you have to and mortgage your house get one uh, I mean it's not too terribly expensive oh, yeah. I'm gonna be honest I just want the boots from Obi-Wan yeah how, how much is how I, much I, just, is I like the, the boots uh, but, uh, the kit can cost anywhere between 150 to 200 dollars but that's a light you got you right gotta there. look at the quality of the item before yeah. you yes and if that's it's true. if it's good yeah. quality then i'm going for it right but a lightsaber is happening now i want to be able to build my own but it's all fast pass stuff now so oh, i may yeah, or may not to, get in yeah. but i've i've settled that if i cannot build my own lightsaber then i'm just going to get ahsoka tano's lightsabers from nice. rebels do it which are awesome are you going to propose to your wife at disney world uh, no, but we are going to pretend to be newlyweds on Valentine's Day so we get noise, free shit. Noise, noise. So now in two weeks, we're going to have our ball sweat drink off between Jeff Quinn and, and, and Joe Keen. Joe, are you are you looking forward to it? No. Why not? Because <laughs> I already know what they taste like. I'm going to like High Life and I'm going to be like, hands is a second. Should we? I want to bring some, maybe we'll get a bottle of bottle True Craft Beer so we can watch real, watch Joe really squirm on this I'll, one. I'll I'm I think we should just get color. a bunch of like shitty beer okay and then a couple of craft beers like the worst of the worst gambit and just okay. go for it oh no i, I got you i yeah I got let's it. do it i let's want some it. natty bow in there oh. i want some oh, that, i want some natty that is, ice no, that is you're gonna get some i would you're gonna get some genesee cream ale i would drink oh, a little highlight before i drink natty genesee genesee cream ale i remember genesee. that from college man i want to throw up right oh, now so good joe just, you gonna drink all this stuff with us or what man no. you're gonna you're not gonna drink any genesee cream ale i don't drink jenny cream i haven't drank Jenny Cream since I was in high school. If, exactly. I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna drink <laughs> High Life, then His you're face. gonna drink Lion's some head. shitty beer. <laughs> you Lion's Head? I drank plenty of it. My dad did the label. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, oh, that's right. Ed Keen worked with Red Fox too, right? Yeah. He yeah. Did all Cold Forty Five and did Interpub Brewing. Oh, you that mean, is so crazy. Oh, you man. mean like the label label, not the not the My dad designed it. What oh, was the commercial? The what was the Fancy. commercial he did with Red Fox? What was that one he did? It was, it was the a car, right? Cold Forty Five commercial where it was like, you know, Red was late to it's it's such a stupid commercial. Well, I'm gonna link it in the 70s. show notes when I find it. Yeah. And he basically jumps a car that says red sled <laughs> off of a ski jump. And at the time, it was the most expensive commercial film. It was 250 grand. Holy shit. Um, it, it lands, it slides up to, you know, obviously a butler, a white butler <laughs> with a tray of Cole 45 and a towel over his arm with two white women standing there in like half bikini slash fur. You know, why were they in fur? It's their skiing <laughs> and Wait, the slopes. It's the 70s. The 70s. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. People were dumb and ignorant. So. Did, did he do the Billy D. Williams Colt 45 too yeah. or just the Red Rocks Your dad one? did the yeah. Billy D. ones oh. too? Yeah. Oh, man. Your dad's Billy a D. hero Colt to me right now. Uh, but he, uh, he he did the Colt 45 and he gets out and he goes, sorry, I had to take the shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he used to tell me stories of like, you know, going to Red's office and he had this walk-in closet. Yeah. And he would walk in and be like, hey, I'll be with you in a minute, 
and he'd go into the walk-in closet and come out coke on his nose. No shit. My dad would be like, Red, you got it? And he goes, goes, sorry, I got into the powdered donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I don't believe you. So he, so what, did he have any crazy stories about Billy D too? No, Just Billy D's a, no, I mean, Billy Dee's amazing. Goddamn yeah. saint. Yeah. Billy Dee was so on fire that, like, my Red Fox would go to the bar and have a drink with my dad. Billy Dee wow. was like, oh, we're done for the day. And he would leave. I have to leave. Well, I mean, he probably floated away. He's just, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, someone would pick him up and move him. Yeah, right? I, think yeah. I think he only did one spot with him. Really? And then that was it. And then that is I, so cool. They went to a different account. That is crazy. So we're going to come back uh, in two weeks. We're going to listen to Jeff's uh, Geek Out on uh, in Disneyland. It's going to be And then awesome. we're going to have the, uh, the ball sweat drink off. And uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Foundation Radio is produced and recorded by Adam Barnard and Sam Kreps. Our intro music is Ugly by Dumb Ugly. Our outro music was recorded by Jason Sylvester and Carl Pinnell. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, and Jeff Quinn. Leave a five-star rating and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio production. 